Good morning, everybody. This is uh, War Room to the Boardroom. Your podcast focuses on transitioning. And I'm your host, as always, Nathan Wilson, a little bit of strategy and opposite Google, the combat veteran of Duke NBA and West. Today, we have my guest, Mr. Landon Chevin. He'll be talking about his journey in transitioning from special operations aviator into commercial aviation. For those that don't know, Landon is a first officer and pilot of Frontier Airlines. He volunteers with several non for profits in the natural area, and he's a real estate developer. Before he made that transition, he was a Ranger Qualified Aviation Officer for the 160 The Soar, and he's a 210 graduate of West Point. Thanks for having me, man. This is a cool, uh, this is a cool thing, and thanks for asking me to chat. I know we had talked a couple months ago, and you were saying you were doing this, and I'm like, dude, I want to talk with you. I want to record it. I love helping people, so thanks for putting this together. I'm glad you can make the time in between all the other things that you manage. I think last time we were chatting, you were on your way to like real estate thing, and it's good we're recording now. Like, yeah, I, I try to stay productive. I've got a good friend of mine, very influential in my life. His name's Peter Mooney. He challenged me to stop saying you're busy because busy infers I'm busy and this and that. And it's like, no, like I'm choosing to do these things and I'm actually trying to be productive with my time. So I love that we're doing this and I uh, I love spending my time when I'm not flying, just paying it forward, helping other people out, communicating my story. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's awesome. So in starting us off, Tell us more about who you are, where you're coming from, and how you ended up at West Point and being an Army. Okay. So I'm currently, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I have a beautiful wife and two two kids, two girls, six and three. And uh, the Lord blessed me with that family. I am so grateful for them. They're amazing. And everything that I do is ultimately for the Lord and for them. And it's been awesome. Going back to the beginning, went to high school in Cincinnati did in standard West Point cadet fashion, had all the extracurriculars and the AP classes and went to West Point before of which I started dating my current wife or my only wife. Uh, We dated in high school. So we're that couple that's been together for a really long time. She went to the Ohio State University. It's a small school in Ohio. Some of you may have heard about it. Uh, Rough loss last week, but you know, it is what it is. But, But yeah, went to West Point. I did the behavioral science and leadership, engineering psychology degree with systems engineering. And then I actually did a semester abroad in Ecuador, which is fun. Got married as soon as I graduated in 2010. And then, uh, yeah, went to uh, flight school down at formerly known as Fort Rucker, just now no Vosel. And uh, there was an opportunity to go to ranger school. I will admit that I got peer pressured into it. All my guys I was rolling with, Chad Thayer, Dan DeSico, man, I haven't oh, said these guys before. Yeah, man. Uh, Alex Ryder. There was another one. Is Alonzo down there with you guys? Alonzo was with us. Kurt Pajewski. It was a fun time, man. I love being down there. There was one other guy. I forgot, his, I forgot his name. But anyways, all of them were like, hey, let's go try out. And I'm like, I'm always down for whatever. I'm like, oh, we'll go. Out. Fine. And then we did the thing and we trained and we passed. And then I'm like, that was cool. And they were like, we're going to go. And I'm like, no, like I thought we were just going to try out. And I know we're going. All right. So I went and um, to save a very long story, I know we're trying to get to transition stuff, but I recycled twice. I was in ranger school for six months. That's another whole monologue I like to give to people when I talk about resilience and when I talk about leadership and I talk about challenges and courage, all those things. Uh, I was in ranger school for six months. I was recycled twice in Benning. I was there from January to May. So that's another story for another time, but I finally graduated. So I can say I made it. It all is well that ends well. And then uh, went to Hunter first, flew Blackhawks, deployed, 
assessed for the 160th, got picked up, flew for them for about seven years, commanded there. And I got out in 2021. It was, uh, could not balance work life. Personally, I was addicted to going to work and doing the thing and getting after it. And I did not have a good balance. My wife and I had a discussion and and we decided, hey, this may be the Lord telling us to move on. Got out in, I think it was June, 2021. I got all my fixed wing ratings and went to fly for an airline. I got very lucky, the right time, right place. Uh, Frontier Airlines was standing up a rotor transition program. It's called an RTP, which means as long as you have your ATP mins and you have your fixed wing ratings, then you can fly for them. So I currently fly an Airbus 320. Hopefully I'll upgrade in 2024 as a captain and loving life, man. So sorry if that was long, but that's where I'm at. No, all, all great stuff. There's a couple things I want to dig a little deeper into. Of course, the range school journey and the transition, being an airline pilot, we'll definitely dig into that. But starting off, what was that initial draw to my family thing? Aaron Tate, they said the suggestion was it back and field was like, hey, you're the guy. What, what was it? Dude, great question. My answer is not great, but it becomes great. Okay. My dad went to West Point. So there's that. So I knew about it and he did a really good job of not pushing it. He didn't say like, don't go there, but he also didn't say you should look at this. It was, we'll see if Landon figures this out. And I discovered it. I read the book, Authentically American. I'm like, Hey, that sounds good. I want to do it. But the reason I went, the core reason is a little silly, but I was young, was I didn't want, I don't want to pay for college. I don't want any debt. That's um, an honest answer. I appreciate that. that. Yeah. And it's funny because I share the story because oh, you're really smart. I'm, like, I'm not smart. I'm just, I know smart people. I actually had a scholarship, ROTC scholarship to the Ohio State University, but I didn't, I did not know that meant it was free. And the Lord has his plan is divine. And I went to West Point for a reason. I can see that. But at the time, I was like, I'm not going to Ohio State because I want a full ride. I don't want debt. But so that's what drew me there was the no, I don't have to pay. And I didn't care about the army stuff, meaning I wasn't like discouraged by that. And I did want to fly helicopters. That was another piece. But I will say, in hindsight, the beauty, the timelessness, the um, I'm speaking romantically, but like the gem that is West Point on this side of complexity on where I currently am. What a beautiful blessing. That institution still in a day that leadership and assertiveness is somewhat dismissed, that place is brilliant. And I love that I can call that my alma mater. I love that it stands strong in what it believes as the premier leadership institution of America. Um, I am so, so thankful that uh, I was drawn to that for some reason or another. And I can now say I'm a grad of probably one of the best decisions I've made, and I'm super thankful for it. So. A little biased, but I agree with you there. Yeah, there we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> go Army. You can't even see it. Go Army. Go Army. Beat Navy. It's the yeah. week. It's, it's that time That's, of year. Love it. Oh, I got my tar bucket up here. I got all my I got all my swag. Yeah, it'd be good. There it is. Re- ready for game day tomorrow. I'm going to wear um, my jacket, I think, if I can still fit because I get a little older. So A little older, a little buffer. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll go. Yeah, I'm fed well. And so you mentioned uh, your... A first officer now for an aviation company for Frontier Airlines. And so can you talk a little bit about you're making that transition, going from like missions and you're working with special operations. You're a bus driver, like an airline pilot, like a little, it's a little different. Can you talk about that pivot? And Yeah. I'll first comment about just the psychology of a transition. 
when I was going to get out of the military, come off active duty, I was going to get my MBA and go work for corporate because that was in line with people like me. West Pointer, Ranger, Special Ops, training meetings, PowerPoints. Dude, let's go. Like, I will do that all day. I'm good at it. But I was drawn to the idea that flying for the airlines allowed you, allowed me to keep flying. So I felt that wasn't throwing away my skills. And also it freed up time for me to do other things that wasn't necessarily working nine to five. So what I will say first and foremost that, that I would recommend, and, and I can talk to you more about Breakturn later. We started a company called Breakturn. It's a skill bridge transition company for people who are in the military, totally free for vets. And uh, half the company is we'll put you on a skill bridge. We'll talk about that later. The other half is counseling, which is my passion because it's helping people. What do you need to do to go to the next thing? So usually I'll tell uh, my people I counsel, I'll say, when I decide to go to the airlines or if you decide to do anything, first and foremost, I would say you have to collect data. You have to use your resources, talk to humans, meaning do not just go on the internet and read things, connect with a person, and then use your network to your advantage. I know I listed three things, but what I'm trying to say is, as you look to what you think you want to do, that's a good start. I know for us, for some uh, special ops guys and girls, and there's plenty out there, there's the Honor Foundation, there's the Commit Foundation, which uh, Guy Philippi, he's a West Pointer, he runs that. Uh, there's a Special Operations Transition Foundation, right? These are all groups that help military men and women when they get out to say, hey, what do you think you want to do? Let's explore that. Let's set down your goals. Let's figure out what your passion is. Let's figure out which maybe you don't like. Let's look at pay scales. If that's a thing, let's look at flexibility schedule. Use those tools, guys. Fortunate for me, I kind of knew that I wanted to do the airlines because of the flexibility of schedules, but uh, I leveraged relationships massively. The West Point Network is, I can honestly say, I did not really understand its value until the last two years after I got out of the military. There is someone, there is a West Point grad with surety. There is a West Point grad somewhere in the space that you're looking to explore. I can guarantee that. So go on LinkedIn. If you don't have it, get one. Copy my profile. I copied somebody, my buddy, who's a West Pointer. He paid someone to do it. I'm like, dude, I'm going to copy yours. He looks really sharp. So copy mine. I don't care. And then search Blue Origin West Point. Enter. And then 20 grads are going to pop up and then find the guy that or girl that's maybe close to you or close to you in age or geographically and message them. Hey, I'm a fellow grad. I have some questions about the company Blue Origin and they will reply to you. Going back to my transition, I used my network. I talked to a ton of people about the airlines, about what's the pros, what's the cons. And that really helped me stay focused and validate what I wanted to do. Uh, so I wasn't falling behind. So leveraging those resources, connecting with people that are close to you and figuring out what you're as whatever it may be, whether it's people or flying. So for those of us who don't know what an airline pilot schedule looks like. You know. Yeah. So great question. As any pilot will say with any question you ask them, uh, the answer is it depends, right? How fast can you get? It depends. How much weight can you carry? It depends. How fast does this thing go? It depends, right? It, it really depends on lots of different things. I'll, I'll try to boil it down just to give a broad brushstrokes on kind of the airline industry at large. So first and foremost, you are protected by the FAA and the different FARs in terms of what you can do in terms of work and rest cycles. So for example, you can't fly more than 100 hours a month. You can't fly more than 1,000 hours a year. 
right? Mm -hmm. So if you do the math, I max out my hours per month. That's 10 months at two months off. Yeah. That's the thing if you wanted to. Furthermore, there are unions, which are good for protecting kind of the workforce. And uh, there are rules in place there where uh, there's different pros and cons to being able to fly. Typically for a standard vanilla airline job, you're looking at having anywhere between 12 to 18 days off a month. Generally, the the goal is about 15 days is, I would say, the overall average. This is speaking from no statistical data analysis, more or less just communicating with my peers, roughly 15 days off, but it can go up higher than that. I know in November, based off of scheduling, I had 22 days off. So what does that mean? That means a couple of different things. One, it means you could work on your days off and make more money if that's what you want. If you want to make double what you were going to make anyways, just go to work more. No problem. Or two, what I'm doing in in my life is you can use that time that you have off to go do the other thing. So whenever I talk with people about airlines or not airlines, I always say, what else are you looking at? And they go, well, I really want to write a book or I really want to start a mechanic shop to fix motorcycles. And I go, well, you can do both. What do you mean? If you have 22 days off a month or even 15 days off a month, you can do both. So what I do is on my time off, I am doing the things that drive me, the things that I get fulfillment out of that help others. So we have our company BreakTurn that helps transitioning uh, service members who are interested in the aviation community, whether it's uh, helicopters or airliners or whatever, flight schools. We've got the Legacy Project, which teaches people about discipline in terms of wealth. How do we establish generational wealth? How do we exercise benevolence, right? What is a, maybe what does the Bible say about being a wealthy Christian? What's that about? Let's explore that, right? Legacy Project is a passion of mine. We got real estate going, right? So I'm managing properties, I'm flipping houses, I'm volunteering at the church, daddy-daughter dance, helping move tables, chairs, and then spending time with my kids. I highlight those things to say that as an airline pilot, your schedule can be as busy or as non-busy as you want for the other things that you feel like you might want to explore go right ahead. So that's been a a great blessing and something that I didn't know going into this industry. I always thought airline pilots are gone a lot. Okay. Military people are gone a lot and special ops guys are gone a lot. So my my standard is maybe a little different from everyone else's. So yeah. And so usually on those days off, are you back in Nashville or are you somewhere else in in the world? Yeah, that's a good question too. It depends, right? I'm a pilot. Yep. That's my answer. Uh, so when I'm off, uh, the, the, the standard default, I would say, is I try to be home. Like I'm home right now. Uh, yesterday was my wife's birthday. Today, she's got an event tonight. My my oldest is at school. My little one is with my wife right now. She's at the store. But with that availability of time, paired with this advantage, airline pilot via the pilot network, there's a system, I forget what it's called, CAS maybe. We can fly anywhere essentially in the world, but uh, for free. You go to the gate. And you say, hey, my name's Landon. Here's my credentials. Uh, if there's any space on this plane, I would like to fly to Phoenix. If there's space in the back, they'll stick in the back. If there's not, you can pilots can ride jump seat, which means you can ride in the seat in the flight deck. So that is, is profound for me. And for uh, others, I will say, if I were to tell you, uh, you can travel anywhere you want in the country for free whenever you want, what would you do with it? What would you do? So there's a function there of, I want to take my family. Yes, there are flight benefits with families. We won't get into it, but yeah, they can fly with me. But if you were trying to network, if you were trying to connect, develop relationships, I'm a, a big preacher of show me your priorities and show me your action with your feet. 
by that, I mean, if you want to show me your support. So example, I was in Austin on Tuesday, right? I had flown all day and I'm not self trying to boost myself up, but I am giving an example of what that means of with your feet. I flew all day from 3 a.m. to 3 p.m. I was flying. And I told Christian, I said, hey, I want to support you with your soft launch because you're important to me and I value your relationship and all that. And so I flew to Austin. So what we're talking here is, hey, man, email. Te- hey, man, I really appreciate the invite. Uh, congratulations on the soft launch of the Armor Fund. Um, I-, I wish I could make it, right? Or I am here shaking your hand. Which one is more powerful? The in-person one. So what I do on my days off, yeah, I'm home and I'm working and managing stuff. But if I can show up to something, I'm going to show up because I feel that's that personal connection is imperative. And that's what I want my personal brand to be is if it's important, Lane is going to be there. And that's been a great advantage of being an airline pilot is I don't have to pay for it. So it's pretty nice. That's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Both the benefits and the as you've learned these you're able to consistently find avenues both in your faith, but also in your work. I guess from there, you mentioned great tournaments and the other programs you've been involved. Can you tell us a little bit about going from SOAR and making and when we're to do that, kind of what was your, what should they consider as they're considering that specific? Yeah. I'll start kind of macro and try to go down to the micro. So f- first and foremost, when you were considering your transition, The first thing that I would recommend to you is about two years out, you need to change your psychology a bit. And this is hard. And I get what I'm going to tell you. And you're going to say, that's hard. I know that. But we got to do hard things. It is what it is, right? Two years out, I need you to start focusing on that next thing. You need to focus on, do I want to go to get an MBA from, from Duke? Do I want to go get my flight ratings to go fly for the airlines? Do I want to go get my plumber's HVAC license or maybe a realtor's license, right? You have to start uh, prioritizing you. And I say that directly with aggressive language because I feel like that's needed. A lot of times we will say, but the guys need me in the unit and I still got two more years. And I'm telling you, if you do not prioritize yourself at a certain point, you're going to put yourself behind. And I've seen it. So from a macro perspective, the transition is you need to try to focus on yourself. Still do your job. We're honorable in that. We're honorable in our work, but you have to focus on yourself. If that's asking to get off Friday afternoons at lunch to go sit somewhere and do it, do that, but figure it out. Because if you don't prioritize yourself, you're going to be left at your retirement or separation day. And you're going to go, man, I wish I knew what I was doing. Furthermore, for the airline specific stuff, I'll go back to my previous statement. You have to network yourself, collect data, collect resources. I had a guy yesterday, I had a phone call uh, with break turn and he was saying, I don't have any ratings, but I want to go to the airlines. What should I do? And I said, first of all, you should go get a discovery flight. A discovery flight is most flight schools across the country. You can pay like a hundred bucks and they'll take you up in a plane or a helicopter if they got it and uh, fly you around. You can go see the local area and a lot of them will let you wiggle the sticks a little bit. Go make sure that this thing that you've romantically created in your head that you want to do is something you actually want to do. What if you go up and you hate it? The other thing I told him is you want to make sure you can get a class one medical. And these are all specific things. But for the listeners, I will say that these are general guidance. If you want to get into the aviation industry at large is make sure you like it. Make sure that you can get a medical because if you can't, you might as well just stop and pursue something else. And then get your network together. Talk to people. 
Do you want to fly 121 or 135? Do you want to fly cargo? Do you want to fly packs? Do you want to fly uh, jets? Do you want to fly helicopters? Do you want to be 14 off, 14 on? Do you want to have bid schedule? There's so many questions that that you will need to answer. And the only way you're going to discover those answers is if you talk with people. So a resource I would give you is, is our company, BreakTurn. Everything's free for veterans. There's nothing that we will charge you for at all, ever. Because when I got out, there was the SFL tap, or I guess it's just called TAPS now, or TRS, I think, if you're Marine Corps. They're great. They are amazing. They are just understaffed. And the aviation industry is very niche and very specific. And so the expectation for them to know all the ins and outs of the airlines is not fair to them. So in the absence of resources and people to talk to, we stood up break turn, me and Austin Roth and his wife, and uh, just to be a tool for people. So call us, go to our website, breakturn.com, schedule a phone call with one of our counselors and just tell them where you're at. Hey, I'm thinking about going airlines. Cool. Let's talk about pros and cons or, Hey, I want to go. I'm about to get out. I want to get my ratings. What should I do? And we will talk you through that, give you resources, connect you with people. And at the end of the day, if we can put you on a skill bridge, which is the last six months of your active duty career, you essentially get to go and train. We will. If we can't, fine. I don't. We don't care. We just want to help you. So to answer your question, when you're going to the airlines and you're transitioning out, definitely uh, focus on yourself. Seek counsel from others ab- above all things. And if you're going airlines or aviation in specific helicopters or planes, check us out. Call us. We're here to help. It's free. Why not? So, yeah. so first flight, making them depend on the lead and then to the bridge. Did you leverage them? Like your GI Bill or the some of these programs, or they were all separate. I did, yeah, that's great. In the soft community, we're always taught that success is defined by the steady accumulation of advantages, right? Success is defined by the steady accumulation of advantages. Okay, so what advantages are out there for me to accumulate? That implies that you have to train your mind to look for advantages. Uh, human beings, and uh, I think really physics at large they uh, default to the path of least resistance, which is a normal thing. And what I would say is that while those pathways and pipelines are good, uh, a lot of times we get caught not even really thinking and just following to where if you change your psychology where you're looking for advantages, who do I know? How do I leverage these things that are for me? What pots of money are available to me? You start to see pathways that may not have been available to everyone else, but they are available to you. So part of that is a GI Bill, but um, uh, benefits or advantage, I should say. So yes, I use my GI bill while on a skill bridge. So now there is, there are two advantages that, that I just discussed. So I have a skill bridge, which means I can leave the unit and go train to get my flight ratings while still getting paid by the army, my rank pay, flight pay, hazard duty pay, jump pay, but I'm not at work. I'm over here. I'm flying. Right. And then I layer on top of that, uh, a GI bill, Right. So now I'm getting my flight ratings for free. And then another advantage I collected was there's a flight school up in uh, New Jersey called Infinity Flight Group. They are the RTP, Rotor Transition Program, kind of experts. They can get you from zero fixed wing hours to ATP mins, which is multi-engine commercial instrument, plus your 250 PIC, pilot in command, in about five months. It's the fastest program in the country that can get you the full Monty in in a short period. So that's another advantage. So now I have three advantages I'm taking advantage of. Time off from work, but I'm getting paid. I'm using the GI Bill to pay for it. And I'm actually going to a program that'll get me done quickly. But yeah, definitely layer those things. There's other pots of money out there. There's a, I used YOA, 
WIOA stands for Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act. It is a Department of Labor grant <laughs> that is state dependent. So each state is different. And I say that because if you go try to do what I did, not in Georgia, because I was stationed in Savannah at the time, it may not work. And that's because it's state dependent. What WIOA is, they give you 8000 bucks as a grant, as a separating service member to try to get you the training needed for gainful employment, right? Uh, so I applied for it. I was in Savannah at the time. I was based in Hunter. And I got 8000 bucks to put towards my CFI, my instructor rating, and my CFII, which is instructor with the instrument uh, identifier. It was all paid for, totally paid for. Definitely look to use your advantages. If you know someone who owns a flight school, maybe someone has a plane that you want to do time build in. Maybe there's some uh, cadet program with an airline. Maybe there's an RTP program with an airline. Seek those things out. Look for, it's almost like a game. Like, where can I find an advantage? Let me go explore it. Let me put it in my pocket. And over time, you will find, if you look laterally to your peers, you will be ahead because you've changed your psyche such that you are accumulating advantages. You're not just following everybody else. So, yeah. There are a lot of resources out there. The workforce innovation, but there are many ways to have it. And I think that's probably the one that gets among them you already here. Good. And so kind of coming back, more about kind of lessons learned, civically leadership. And so you mentioned your Ranger School story earlier. And so can you mention how in transitioning well, one in, in getting that qualification on your process, how did that prepare you for either your career, your transition, or be a commercial like Yes, man. I guess to start about what I what the value of that lesson was for me. The story goes is I was in uh, ranger school for, as a aviation officer. And the first time I failed, I failed like legit. Like I was not good at it. I just, I, I sucked. So I legit failed. So I, I say this uh, just to, cause I feel like some people might relate to it, but I was blessed with the Lord blessed me with, if I try at it, I'm generally going to pass or do okay. I'm the guy that grew up and made the basketball team. And right. Like if I put, if I, if I attempt it, I'm probably going to be decent at it. So failing it at Ranger School for me that first time was like almost a little bit of a slap in the face because I don't want to say I hadn't failed before, but I haven't, I hadn't really failed like legit, legit like that before. Like Chevin, you are a no-go. I had not experienced that yet in life at that point. So I was like, man, that sucks. It is what it is. You get a second chance. So I buried myself in the book. I memorized everything. I rehearsed all the briefings. I studied all the tactics. I did all of that. And uh, because I don't like to fail. The second time through, and I can say this because I made it through, but I felt it was a little subjective, which if anyone's been through ranger school, everyone's laughing right now because it kind of is. But hey, you either make it or you don't. I, uh, I felt I passed, which no one cares what I think. And I helped others get their go, right? And I still failed. And I still don't know why. Uh, I think the Lord's trying to teach me uh, a lesson and for maybe for me to tell this story years later, but um, <clears throat> I failed. It doesn't matter why. And when you fail the same phase twice for the same reason, so I failed Benning twice for patrols, you are you go away. You go back to your unit and you come back in six months. That is like the standard. Everybody knows that. It's been that way for years. So I was, I was happy 
when that happened, because I'm like, oh man, this kind of sucks here. But if I fail and I fail for patrols, that's understandable. Like I'm an aviator. No one expects me. Like it is what it is. No big deal. No shame. And then a, a day went by and I called my wife and I actually cried on the phone, which doesn't happen often. Not that I'm like this brute, but like, I don't cry very often. Then I had girls and that changed. But anyways, I cried. And she goes, why are you crying? And I said, I said, I have never quit anything in my life. And we don't have kids yet, but when I have kids, I want to be able to tell them daddy's never quit anything in his life. And if I go home, I can't say that anymore forever for the rest of my life. And I was crying because I didn't want to stay uh, at that point. I, I was jaded, the objectiveness of failing, even though I felt I passed because I did everything to standard, but I stayed. And so and I'm sorry for the long story, but the way it works is you stand outside the commander's office when you get released. They bring you in the room and you report, right? And the commander goes like this. He goes, uh, I have a thing here. He takes my packet and he goes, all right, Lieutenant Chebin, uh, patrols, no-go, dual recycle. Come back in six months. What are your questions? Like didn't even, like it was a standard, standard thing. And I stood there and I said, no, sir. And he's like, excuse me? And I said, um, sir, I'm not going anywhere. I said, I, if I leave here, I'm not coming back. I'm an aviator. They won't send me back. I said, I came here for one thing and that was for a ranger tab and I'll sleep outside. I'll sleep outside your office. I'll sleep in the connex. Like I'm going to stick around until I leave with the tab. And he kind of like hit a big old dip in. He like kind of smirked at me and like looked at his Sergeant major and they smirked and looked back and they were like, all right, you can stay. Um, so I share that story because I learned a lot about myself. I learned about humility. I learned about resilience. And I learned something that I try to teach my girls uh, every day, which is sometimes in life, you have to do hard things. And by hard things, I don't mean carry a heavy rock up a mountain. I mean, that is hard. But by hard things is sometimes you have to do hard things, things that you don't want to do because there's a greater good at stake. If I would have left and I would have gone home, I wouldn't have been able to tell my kids that I hadn't quit anything in my life. And that was important to me. So the way that correlates to someone and, and towards the transition is make sure that what you're endeavoring to do, that you have a solid why. Not to trademark a Simon Sinek, but he talks about it. What is your why? If you have a strong why about why you're doing it, and preferably if it's not for self-fulfillment, you are going to succeed. If you choose in your mind not to quit, if you have that grit that resilience, that drive to push towards your goal and your why is strong enough, you will make it unless the Lord is not, it's not in the plan for you. Uh, so I would recommend how does Rainer School apply to transition in the civilian world is sometimes you got to buckle down. I got my CFI double I in 13 days. I took three FAA tests back to back. That was hard. I was the first uh, helicopter pilot uh, from what I'm told ever to go straight from a helicopter to an Airbus 320. I had to learn the Airbus. I had to learn 121. I had to learn all the rules for the airline. And I was the first one to do it. Did that suck? Yes. But we have a steady reps of doing hard things and buckling down and staying focused. It, it's doable. And so I would encourage people as you look through your transition, make sure you're doing it for the right reason. And then put your head down, boys and girls, and don't quit. That's it. One, the ability to persevere and stick through it understanding who you are at your core and both how the narratives that we tell ourselves manifest in how we are and then that legacy 
what is the wisdom that I impart to my children, my girls, going forward? That's great. So how does that transition to the cockpit? So when you say transporting special forces operators or, you know, in fire, and now you're flying this plane and you're still that transition carry. That one's, I get that question a lot. And it's similar. The job is similar, uh, obviously, as you just stated. I'm taking, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I'm taking people from point A to point B. I usually tell people I'm a bus driver because I fly the Airbus, which is not untrue. I literally am a taxi driver, Uber driver, whatever. The thing that 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 I learned from my military experiences to my civilian experiment experiences is, and namely one of them I learned in ranger school, was the idea that one, you don't get your own go. In ranger school, you don't get your go. A uh, quick unpacking of that is if you are super squared away and I'm not, when you're in charge, I'm going to fall asleep on the patrol. I'm not going to get a good head count because I don't care. You're going to get the no-go, not me, because I'm not in charge. On the flip side, if I'm in charge and I'm a dirtbag and you're not, and you are good, you do stay awake, you do get good head counts, you do the right thing. I'm going to get a go because of what you did. And that's hard, man. That's hard. And it's 2023, that's even harder, but that's truth. So the thing about you don't get your go in the airlines and transition is other people are counting on me. The the flight deck, you're working as a crew with the flight attendants, with maintenance, with dispatch, with operations, like people are counting on you for us to get our collective go. And the second thing is that, uh, and this is near and dear to my heart, and I truly appreciate this that was written. It's actually my company commander at West Point is Heine, I think, or man, I got to remember his name, but he was in 175 Ranger Regiment at the time. And he wrote an article that uh, talked about the chaos of combat. And for those who may not have been in the military or in the soft community, mission planning and course of action development, COA dev, it's a very stressful process. You're working long days, long nights. You're planning, you're getting changes, you're getting feeds, you're doing briefings, you're doing manifests, you're doing rehearsals. Like it's not fun. It's intense, but it's not fun. And then when you leave for the mission, it's quiet, right? Top Gun 2, Maverick did a really good job of this to, to give you an example. When they are on the flight deck to leave for their mission, there's no dialogue. It's quiet. That's really what it's like. It's very calm, right? And the author, the West Pointer, he wrote in this article, he said, whenever I jump on the back of a 160th helicopter, I am at peace. He said, there's nothing more I can do. I can't be reached on email. I can't be reached on the phone. The planning has been done. There is nothing more. We are moving to go execute the plan. And I'm at peace. And he said in the article that the guys, the Rangers, tier one guys, they're asleep in the back. And I've seen it. They are literally asleep in route to target. That's why we do the 1061 or 10631 calls is to wake them up. It's very real, right? And what he said was the reason that he was at peace and the reason why the guys fell asleep was because he knew that the guys up front and the crew chiefs were going to get him to the target safely. They believed in the professionalism and the execution capability of the Night Stalkers to get them such that they fell asleep, bro, and route to a target. And so that meant a lot to me. That meant a lot. It's a very, uh, it's a very bold co- uh, compliment to the efforts put in by the men and women in regiment and uh, task force and really anyone supporting the ground force, that's how they feel. 
So I tell you that story to say when I move to the airlines, how does that apply? I take that same pride for the men and women sitting behind me when I'm flying an airliner is that they expect me to be good at my job. They expect me to know how to fly this airplane. They expect me to know the rules and regulations. They expect me to be rested. They expect me to know my memory items and my limitations. They expect me to get them there safely. So much so that they pay no attention to who I am. Their earbuds are in, they're asleep, and that's okay. And that's what I want. So the correlation there, to, to make an analogy, it's the exact same. And I treat it as such. So hope that helps. Oh, great lesson. Amazing wisdom. I think the, when you know it's time to execute and you have feedback. And so I guess along those lines, we heard a lot of great wisdom, I guess, in our kind of Heard some great books. You mentioned one. You mentioned another one. Um, are there any books to do both, but also about transition and how you continue to stay rooted in your core? So, I'll start with the aviation ones. There's a couple really good aviation podcasts out there. One of them is Ready for Pushback. It's uh, number four. That is hosted by my dear friend Nick Fialka. It's actually Sir Nick Fialka. He was knighted. It's a long story, but it's actually legit. And he actually is a knight, which is fantastic. Nick, and I smile because Nick is, he is the salt of the earth. He's so silly and fun. And him and I have great conversations, but him and I were in ground school together uh, at Frontier. And then he's now flying as a captain in, at Delta. And, uh, but he has a really good podcast ready for pushback. It talks about everything from the airline industry to psychology to relationships to to resumes to interview prep to difference between cargo and packs it is well done he is a very good host he has several high profile interview folks on the chief of operations for american right there boom sitting in front of him talking giving out good data so nick fialka's podcast is is awesome another good one is 21.5 the number two the number one a period and the word five 21.5 is a is another great podcast. They've been going for a while and they have, again, a wealth of knowledge of just the aviation industry at large, maybe not as uh, airline focused as Nix is, but just, which is great because not everyone is ready to go to the airlines. A lot of people are still in training or looking at that, or maybe they're CFI and they're instructing, but those are two really good ones. Uh, in terms of books, Man, usually the two books I refer people to, I don't think those apply. I usually tell people to go read Outliers and 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Those are my two favorite authors. I would say Starts With Why, Simon Sinek, that's a good one. That'll really get you. It's hard. It's hard to, if I say, what's your why? It's what do you mean? Like, why are you doing this? So we're going to pay the bills. We need to go deeper. I'll have to think about the books more for transition other than like study books. But I would say outside of me thinking of any books off the top of my head, get around the campfire. What does that mean? Go on social media. If you haven't joined a RTAG, R-T-A-G, RTAG, join that group. It's There's 20,000 people in there all trying to go aviation. Go to Commit Foundation, Honor Foundation. There's tons of transition programs out there that they bring you in with other like-minded people. Get around the campfire and talk about it. Don't silo yourself and think you're going to do it on your own. That's that that's not going to work. So yeah, if I can think of any more books, I'll text you. But I, off the top of my head, other than the Simon Sinek one, I'm, I'm drawing a blank for transition type books. And you've given great gems all throughout. Uh, Simon Sinek, you know, sort of why. 
that's one of them. Say that again. Oh, sorry. The, the Simon Sinek book that you mentioned. I'm like, oh, oh yes. That one. Okay. And yeah, one, we really appreciate your time. As we close out here, we're also starting a new program this year. And it's called Each One Teach One. And if you have an ask of our community and we can share it and circulate it. And then if you're, if you have anything that you can help our community with, in addition to any other projects, initiatives, things that you're working on. Yeah. And again, I'm sorry, for some reason it's going in and out, but I think you had said, take one, share one. So share what I'm doing or something like that. Yes. Uh, each one, teach one. If you have an ask of our community of something that you're working on request, then we can share it on a platform. Feel free to let us know. And then if any of our community can reach you about. Let us know. Yeah. I, uh, okay. I would tell folks to, to spread the word about Breakturn. Breakturn.com. B-R-E-A-K-T-U-R-N. Breakturn.com. It's free for veterans. And so we want to make sure we get the word out that if anyone is interested in aviation, helicopters, airplanes, flight attendants, dispatchers, ATC, drone operators, like if it involves airspace or operating a team that operates in airspace, uh, let us know. And we want, I want to get the word out so that people know that resource is available to them. All of our counselors are veterans. We get the, the struggle and we want to help. So that would be definitely helpful for us is just getting that out there. And then something, maybe an ask uh, would be, and this, I am aware that the, uh, the same intent is there. I want to help people, but the topics are slightly different, but um, check out legacy-wealth.org. That's a company I started with a buddy of mine. I went to West Point with, we actually flew in regiment together. And uh, the idea behind legacywealth.com where the legacy project is communicating the idea of a hard topic. Uh, money, right? Sex and money. Those are two things that people don't talk about. Matter of fact, people are willing to talk about sex before they're willing to talk about money, I've found. Um, And the idea of of wealth and not riches. How do we establish a good place for our money? How do we leave money for our kids? Talking about retirement accounts like 401ks. I'm not a financial advisor. I am more of like a philosopher of what are you currently doing with your money and why? And we go back to what I said before, are you following the the group, which is fine? Or are you looking for advantages along the way? And it just, it literally changes the way you look at the world. And uh, we found, uh, not found, it's been around for 200 years, but there's an advantage that, that I discovered. It took me a year and a half to learn it and believe it and trust it because there's so many scams out there, but it's called the infinite banking concept. You've probably heard of it. You've probably written it off and that's okay. I did too for a year and a half, but uh, Jer- Jeremy and I, we were trying to establish not only an education platform. And that's what we do. We're educators on this idea of the infinite banking concept, leveraging the cash value of a whole life policy from mutually owned company to your advantage. What I know, I'm aware. Let us teach you because the power that that process has, and I would, and I'm very protective of my reputation. I would not put my name on it unless I knew full and well that it helps people. The advantages of that has is huge. It's not an investment. So we're not talking about 401ks in retirement, there's no risk. So it's okay. That's cool. Can you use it for retirement? Yes. Can you use it for real estate now? Yes. Can you use it as a CapEx or maintenance X? Yes. Can you use your retirement money now and later? Yes. Well, that sounds made up. I know. I know. But it is true. I can tell you that. So check out legacy-wealth.org. If you even care, if not, that's totally fine. But if you want control of your money, I'm not a political guy, so I don't 
care, but with interest and inflation and are we going to get social security? And what about qualified accounts? Are we going to have access at 65 or 59 and a half? Are they going to bump that up? Like all these things, if you want to take control of your wealth, if you want to leave generational wealth for your kids, you need to at least watch it and not walk around like you've already got it solved uh, because I think you'd really enjoy, you get a lot out of it. So that's it. Take your time. We ran a little over, but thank you for sharing all your wisdom and your journey. I'm sure I'll inspire. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Hopefully we can do it again sometime. Definitely.